Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. We are... Almost end of week 16, start of week 17. We are the day after Christmas, uh, thus the holiday wrapping. What do you call that, Justin? Um, uh, it's just you know, a little snowfall. You know, I feel like it's it's the, obviously the holidays, you know, because it's the day after Christmas. I feel like it's there's still snow, right? You still see snow. You still feel the holiday feelings, right? Until, at least till New Year. Not where, not where I am. Well, it yeah. was 80 degrees and a beach day yesterday yeah. and even today. It still feels so, sort of appropriate, right? Like I lived in Florida right. for a long time, so I see snow and I'm like, or, or somewhere between Christmas and New Year's, I still think the snow and the holidays and all that, the Christmas tree and all that still works. All right, we're <laughs> go from home today anyways. Uh, yes, I, I, I put on the red shirt because I thought it was Christmassy. It works. I like yeah, it. Man. And uh, big day, Justin, you're going to stay with us the whole time. Jacob's on vacation and uh, Taylor gets to run the podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be hanging out. Yeah, I'll be hanging out the whole time with you. This will be so it'll be pretty fun. You think we're going to be able to say anything today, Justin, or is Taylor going to take over? No, no, he'll it'll once he gets the ball rolling, it's it's his <laughs> podcast. So uh, today is day after Christmas, which is what the second biggest shopping day of the year. So my mom what, told what's me. What's today called? Boxing day. Boxing day. Got why you. Called, why is it called Boxing Day? I don't know that answer. That's too much for me. I knew it was Boxing Day. Because <laughs> there's there's fights on boxing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is we got Mike Tyson <laughs> coming on today? Or? No, it can't be that. <laughs> because you're boxing up all the trash from Christmas? Okay. Because you're buying new toys or new holiday sales? Now Boxing Day means like discounts, right? But do people right. go to malls anymore or is it all online? I don't know. But Boxing Day, I think, used to be like gifts for the poor or something. I don't know. Someone will write in and correct us there. But it's Boxing Day today, and it's right. not the kind with gloves. Uh, it was, it was originating giving gifts to the poor. You are correct, though. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, cool. All right. So week 16 almost in the books, just Chargers Colts tonight. And otherwise, week 17, week 18, I'll let you lead it. Taylor, but there's there's a lot going on with playoffs and, for lack of a better word, playoff shenanigans and positioning, who plays, who doesn't play, some key quarterbacks. I'm sure you'll have us go through it all. So the first one we should talk about, I know this um, Minshew had a great game, but um, is he going to play week 17 with Hurts out? Was – how? Uh, what do you think? I, I would look. I saw the game. I don't know. I saw every minute of the game, right? <laughs> um, Cowboys – and Eagles. Did Minshew really have that great of a game? He threw for 355. So, I mean, maybe statistically that's a good game. Uh, he did have uh, 26 incompletions. So, I mean, that's an issue, right? He wasn't as accurate. But 355 yeah. is is decent. Yeah, he had a few turnovers, though. But, but yeah, yeah two, I mean, it's yeah. – honestly, you couldn't really ask for more than what he gave you. I mean, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I like Minshew. Um, I mean, as I described him, he's kind of a – I don't know. 
a, a poor man or maybe more likable Baker Mayfield. He's got upside and he's got some downside. Right. right. I mean, uh, Baker's been winning. He's got some upside. He has some downside too. I don't know. Uh, Minshew, I mean, uh, look, it's it's winter season, so he can't wear his jorts. But right. I, mean, I mean, yeah, he put up big numbers. But I don't know. I mean, Hurts' game obviously is better. So let's talk about Jalen Hurts. I did see someone write that they theorized that it was a grade two SC separation. And, and by the way, anyone who misses this, we have it on Sports Injury Central. We've made a video and what have you. Right. And the sum of the video is this. I'll get to it. I believe the pro football docs, we at Sports Injury Central believe that Hertz has a reasonable chance to play this week and will play. Now, we said all along, I think he could have played against Dallas. If they were on the brink of elimination, the Eagles, I think he would have played against Dallas with an injection or what have you. Remember, he played the entire fourth quarter of the previous game with the same SC joint in, uh, pain. He didn't even go to the locker room. So to me, that means it's likely a grade one, low grade two. I see there's a Sports Illustrator or something reporter who asked a local doctor or something, and they theorized it's a grade two because he's missed this week. Did they factor in that he played through? I think it's very hard to play through a grade two and do well, which he did the previous week. I think it's a grade one. I think there's other factors of why he didn't start this week, right? Yeah, they're three up with three to go, or were. Right. And um, at this point, they're two up with two to go. And look, it's got if uh, they're close to clinching the number one seed, but if they lose two, now albeit it's the Saints and then the Giants, and who knows, the Giants might have something to play for. They might not, right? They might have clinched a wild card. But Saints and the Giants. And if things don't break the Eagles' way, it's possible that they not only lose the number one seed, which comes with the bye, which is like first-round victory. Right. They could end up a wild-card team. Yeah. Dallas could still pass them, if my looking at the standings is correct. They still can, yeah. And after being 13-2, and two, that's pretty crazy. So they literally could be a, a wild-card team still. So there is something to play for. Look, I don't think the Eagles will mortgage the future to play Jalen Hurts. But here's the equation that you have to look at if you're a team physician, if you're the Eagles. Let's go over a few things and tell me if this makes sense. The number one thing you can you have to do is you have to have Jalen Hurts for the playoffs. Right. Agree? Right. The rest you can give up. Yeah. So as long as you, if there's something that will risk Jalen Hurts for the playoffs, you can't do it. Even if you have to play him rusty. Right. But I don't think there's anything that puts Jalen Hurts at risk for not playing in the playoffs. Right. He can play through with an injection. So can he hurt the grade one SC joint worse? Sure. You could hurt the other SC joint. That's normal. But the SC joint ligaments are very strong. It's not one of those where, barring a huge hit, 
he's not going to make it a grade three, have to go to the hospital, Tyreek Hill, miss all that time. I think it's low risk. Now, the Eagles, I think, didn't necessarily want to play against the Cowboys. Why? Why inject it? Why, you know, save him? Maybe they could get through it. Now it's two games with two to go. Let me go do the flip side. Were the Eagles ever going to rest him for three straight weeks, end up with a bye, rest them a fourth week and then play five weeks after injury. And I mean, that's bad. That would be a rescue. Right? Yeah. So they were going to play him at least one time, right? Just to keep him in rhythm. So they didn't play him in against Dallas. Got it. If they won against Dallas, I think they play him a little bit week 18. Mm-hmm. Cause then they have a bye, right? It's sort of cadence is good. Now that they lost to Dallas, I think strategically they want to play in this game and then rest them two weeks, uh, you know, keep them in rhythm. And I think he can. So reading tea leaves, I think he leans towards playing this week. You got to look how he does in practice and how sore he is. But this is based on I don't think there's high risk of re-injury right. or making it worse. And do you really want it to come down to the wire against the Giants? I mean, it's one thing to to play with your seeding and this, that, the other. But look, maybe they beat the Saints with Gardner Minshew. But as I keep saying, there's I won't I won't use your poor Aztecs as the example. But this isn't college football where one and one college team is just completely superior to talent versus another right and we do all this injury grading and this week we said we like houston against the tennessee titans and houston a one-win team got their second win partly based off of injuries but here's the thing injuries can happen in game mm-hmm. so what happens if the eagle say oh we're good with with Gardner Minshew, and Miles Sanders goes down, and Jason Kelsey goes down, and some members of the defense go down, and they end up losing that game. Now you're down to the Giants right. who are looking for help to not only potentially lose the first seed, but you might end up wild card if things don't. If you're unlucky, you might end up wild card. You don't want to do that, right? I mean, yes, right. I can, the Eagles would still be dangerous and the whole deal, and no one would want to play him as the wild card. I get all of that. But I don't know that you can get too cute. So you don't, it's the balance of getting too cute with this and the balance of getting too cute watching the schedule. Mm-hmm. Early week, it's Monday. I think he plays this week or tries to. Um, another QB we're going to be watching all week is uh, Lamar Jackson, right? Um, last week was his first chance to maybe return. Now it's the second week we – we probably are strongly that he might play this week, correct? I don't know. Okay. I always say return play is the hard thing to predict. Right. Okay. Um, Because of all the different factors. First of all, I don't think Lamar's PCL sprain is grade one. It's probably grade two. So if it were grade one, I think he could have played in after missing two weeks. We'll see about this week. Uh, Not completely positive that he will play. As a matter of fact, I'm going to surprise you a little bit, Taylor. I lean towards him not playing this week. Okay. Here's 
He's a mobile quarterback. You want him to – your number one goal if you were a GM is what? You're already in the playoffs. You have secured a wild card berth. There is a chance still you could win the division. But what's your number one thing? I'll let you guys vote. Have Lamar this week to try and win a game. Have Lamar this weekend next week to try and beat the Bengals in week 18 to try and potentially win the division. Have Lamar for the playoffs and have him be 100%. Where's your priority list? You want him healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, you want it hundred percent as close to possible for the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, DCL, if you got, yeah. yes, go ahead. No, I'm just saying Huntley. I mean, it's I know obviously there's a lot of pressure. They won their last game against the Falcons, but yeah, it's they haven't exactly looked great with Huntley. So it's I don't know. They they got beat by the Browns. They scored three points. I don't know where. I guess they're, they're playing two divisional games. They're playing the Steelers. They're playing the Rave or the Bengals to end the season. That Bengals game could could be the division at some point. Right. So. If they win this week and and something happens with the Bengals, there's a chance he could come back 18. And you know that's but that's a different story. We're talking this okay. week. Yeah. Does does well, Huntley winning all these games help sit Jackson longer? Well, let's, so we did it from a team side. We all agree yeah. the most important thing is to have Lamar Jackson, yeah, 100 or close to 100 as, as possible for the playoffs. Right. You don't have a first round bye. Whether you're hosting or whether you're a wild card on the road, you need him 100. percent and remember, he's a mobile quarterback. It's not Philip Rivers' statue. He, I think he can do Philip Rivers' statue today. I think Philip Rivers plays through that PCL already, but different type of player. I'm not saying Rivers is tougher. It's although he's got the streak and the whole deal, and he is tough, and he was very tough in his time. Just different type of player, different animal. Um, so, from the other perspective, I'll ask you this layman's question. You suffered a knee injury. Forget it. what grade it is. Forget it's PCL. You have been DNP for three straight weeks. You're a mobile guy who runs and cuts, and you have a knee injury. What are the chances after three weeks of DNP that in one week you can get to 100%? Zero. Yeah, probably not great. <laughs> yeah. No, I get okay. it. So if Lamar's not 100% and the knee can be made worse, do you play him this week against the Steelers? I'm at home, sure at home versus the Steelers, I would say probably not. Yeah. I'm not sure that you do. Yeah. I think you're better off saying LP, get you going a little bit, make sure there's no setbacks. Okay, maybe if you get lucky and there's no setbacks, you play some against Steelers. Or if there's any concern, you what do you do? You wait for week 18. And so if they lying, lose, are they are is he um do they not lock up the playoffs? Like they're in the playoffs. The Ravens are in. So I mean the division. The division. So that the depends Bengals, on they're one game they, back they, of the Bengals right now. If they lose this week, are they do they have no chance to win the division anymore? I believe they lose this week, they're out. Yeah, okay, probably so not. Yeah. That that leans a little bit towards starting Lamar, right? I know you want him ready for the playoffs, but Okay. You don't, you don't think division? Let me ask this question. Of course, it depends on his knee, who we aren't examining him. Right. What I'm saying, there's no way he's 100% for the Steelers. Right. Are you going to play Lamar when he's not 100%, risking a setback, causing a problem for a playoffs that you've already 
qualified for, for the chance that you might have a chance at the division. Right. Just a chance. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd say the chance at the division probably probably is not as great. If you if it was like one seed yeah. and the bye, maybe they would push it. But I don't. That's literally the only circumstance, and they're not in that. They're in. And they won't even know until afterwards because the Bengals no. play the Bills on Monday, so they won't even really get to look ahead that much. Yeah. Well. It's also that, that's one thing the NFL is really good at doing. Yes. Scheduling the games <laughs> so that you don't know an outcome. Right. They're they're good at that. That's yeah. why the schedule floats so much. Sure. So I look at it as, look, if Lamar turns the corner is 100% or very close to it, you play him against the Steelers. I get it. A, I don't think that's happening. B, if you watch and go through all the uh, machinations. And, um, I mean, we really should – I mean, this is another – we've said all season. I mean, I want to have these discussions, no offense to you guys, but with a head coach or a GM and make it realistic and let them explain to you their thinking. You know, of and I'm sort of relaying to everyone how they might think, having been right. in the room and, and having had those discussions. I think their number one priority is to have Lamar 100% for the playoffs. They're already in the playoffs, okay, and see if they can make any hay there. And if they get lucky and they have a chance to play Lamar in week 18 to try and get a home game for the playoffs and win the division, maybe that's worth them trying with the lineup the way that it is now aligned with his recovery and the severity of the knee, I lean towards not playing this week okay. is my lean, but that's a lean and let's see what happens with his knee. Okay. Yeah. Uh, staying in the um, same um, AFC North, um, Lyle Collins, um, the torn MCL and ACL, this just adds to the O-line issues they have. And they're, they're like we just talked about, they're a division leader right now. This is something that's going to affect them going in the playoffs. Well, let's talk about Lyle Collins here, but maybe we should stick with quarterbacks for a second. We won't talk about Ryan Tannehill. He's not even in the picture, you know. He was you know, pretty deep down on my list, Tannehill. Yeah, I have him buried here, yeah. <laughs> Tannehill, but Mike White's a big topic. Okay. Mike White, I mean, everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks. Zach Wilson didn't do that well in his two games. Yeah, uh, whether it was benched or whether it was just a you know change and change up, the whole city wants Mike White to play. Right. I believe we believe that Mike White will play. Are his multiple rib fractures one hundred percent healed? No, no way. Are they healed enough after twenty one days, which is how many days it'll be before he plays, mm -hmm. to provide some stability? where he's not at tremendous risk for lung injury, I think the answer is yes. He'll wear a flak jacket. Uh, I think Mike White is the starter this week. The Jets are hanging on, seven and eight. They need the win. They're hanging on for dear life at this point in time. They're, look, if they were like Baltimore, where they clinched a playoff spot, and this is potentially for positioning or the division. And Mike White's at all borderline. I don't believe he plays. Right. The Jets are out right now. They got to keep pace to fight their way in. So you could argue this is the playoffs for them. But add to that, look, the doctor isn't going to say, well, it's a big game, so let's play him. But the doctor, I think, after looking at it, says 21 days, 
there's enough healing that I can feel pretty good with an added flak jacket that his risk of lung injury is low. So now he can take contact. He was clear for contact today, Doc. So what are the It was us. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Okay, okay there you go. Mike White's playing. Okay, let's yeah. not even talk about it. He's clear for <laughs> contact today. Yeah. Now so you tell flak, me. Yeah. The flak jacket is interesting, though. Flak jacket is still going to happen regardless of him being Flak here. jacket is still going to happen, right? Yeah. Not yeah. flacco jacket, just flak jacket. Right. So, yeah, if the, obviously if there was even a question about his ribs like up in the air, like you said, that he would still probably play. But just from like a football standpoint and watching these games – there's no way. There's no way they roll Zach Wilson out again. Like it's got. It's either got to be Mike White, and then and then you go somewhere else. But that that whole Zach Wilson thing that was going on, it's it's looking rough for him right now in New and York. That third That's... string quarterback Justin is terrible. Okay, you saw some of the throws. <laughs> it was like at the guy. He threw it his legs. But, but they like, loved him. Open. But I mean, but they loved him. He had the same amount of yardage almost as Wilson did in like yeah. five less passes. It just it looked better. No, okay, so so. If Mike White's been clear for contact, he's the starter. I mean, yeah. and that's my expectation that he would be. Now, that's interesting. The announcement came today. He's clear yeah. for contact today, or he will be cleared for contact for the game. Has been. I guarantee you, he's not taking any contact this week in practice. Yeah, well, they said he's on track to start, and he's cleared for contact. Doesn't mean he's cleared for contact, right? Yeah, I, I can see the wording. I mean, he will be cleared. So, right, right. Good. So, Mike White's starting. That that mystery is over. But let me just throw something out since we're having fun on the podcast and I'm enjoying the snow background that Justin has. Um, Has there been, can you remember a bigger turnaround? I mean, this off season, Zach Wilson, I got the feeling was the darling, was the darling of New York, the darling of the NFL. Good looking kid has his stuff together it's almost like, you know, all the pressures on Trevor Lawrence is the first pick. He's the second pick. You know, he had a reasonable first year before injury. And, you know, the whole mom, friend of mom thing, girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, whole I think everyone loved the way that he handled that. Right. You know, uh, I'm paraphrasing. Justin, maybe you'll pull it up. Or Taylor, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, it's something like, I've been in Montana training with my my team what's up during the controversy or what i missed yeah. he said what, 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 I, what, I, miss? Miss? what yeah, I miss yeah <laughs> i mean look do i think he did that no probably pr his agent someone said hey do this and it'll quench right. the thing everyone loved his response i got the feeling he was kind of the darling how did he end up all of a sudden within one season being the heel i know early season when we had some worry about an acl tear we got killed for oh you you know and we did foreshadow what Salah was saying. Right. Worst time to have this injury was in the preseason. Why? He missed all the reps. Right. So uh, I don't see anyone talking about that. It's not fair to Zach Wilson. He missed all the reps due to the early energy season. So he's a sort of a late ad. He's, you know, I, I haven't seen all of that. All of a sudden, I get the feeling he went from darling to out. There are people who want to run him out of town. Yeah. It seems like the vibe right now is, and even from, I have a lot of friends that are Jets fans. I don't know how I got so many Jets fans uh, as friends. It's really weird. But their, their vibe right now is they don't want to see Zach Wilson suit up again, like forever. Like they want him out. Like you said, they want him out of the town. Go and they, go they, back yeah. to when he said, <laughs> uh, what's new? We're coming out of Montana. He was the darling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
It was there was there was what hope happened? then. There was hope, and then they watched him play football. No, but that's not, not fair. He didn't get all the reps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. Even the Strebler kid that came in, he was playing better because he was there all training camp and all season doing the same stuff. I know it didn't and, look and, good. And, but, and uh, for, for fans out there, let me cool. tell you, I haven't counted, but you get a magnitude more reps in training camp than you do in the regular season. In the regular season, the reps become very few and far between and precious. And the reps <laughs> aren't developmental. There aren't, they're like focused on what the task is at hand this week. Right. And one day is dedicated to the offense primarily. Another day directed to the defense primarily. And one day directed to situational and special stuff and goal line. So you really get down to it. In training camp, you have six days a week to prep and get up to speed with one day off. Here, you essentially get one, one and a half, and it's very specific to the opponent. It's not working on yourself and the installation of things. That's the fundamental difference that I think Zach Wilson lost out on. Right. And the thing is, I haven't heard anyone defending him. Well, it's hard to – he's still a young quarterback, and he didn't have this preseason. And then he got – very few reps after his injury and just got put in, right? right. I mean, uh, it's it's like uh, in some ways, I don't know. It's just interesting the dichotomy of everyone. Did loves you see what him. his mom said on um, the message? She said that um, it's toxic to play in New York. Um, just go from your experience. Do you know players that have uh, trouble playing in those kind of environments? Uh, look, it's Zach Wilson's mom. Zach, I'm sure, loves his mom, but. How, how can I put this nicely? I'm trying to put you on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Zach needs to handle his own business. Mom needs to stay quiet. Right. Mom's not helping the situation by saying the New York stuff is toxic. I get it. It's mom, so she's going to get a little leeway. But uh, shocker, there's seven times more reporters in New York City than in New Orleans or in Jacksonville. Right. Or in San Diego. Are you shocked? I mean, well, BYU, where he came, where he played in college, there wasn't there wasn't that many people. There. With all of that, there's up and downside. You're in the bright lights of New York. There's a lot. The downside is they're inspecting every move, right? The upside is you have infinitely more chances of success, exposure, and sponsorship opportunities, right? And endorsement opportunity because you're with New York, right? much more than if you're in Jacksonville. So there's an up and down set to say it's toxic. Yeah. Is there more pressure playing in New York? Absolutely. Right. To say it's toxic. Yeah. When it's not going well. Yeah. I can see right. it being toxic. No sure. question. When it's going well, it's going really well. Right. I mean, uh, anyways, my, it just, you know, it's an adult world. This is the national football league he's a pro athlete he needs to take responsibility for his own actions and speak on his own and parents got to stay out of it i mean yeah. <laughs> i get they're trying to help but it's not helping it wouldn't help so, if it wouldn't help if my mom or your mom's inserted into a six score situation it just wouldn't help because someone's you know? going to say something they're going to be like oh yeah. you need your mom to fix your problem that's what the next yeah, you can't is. you know look uh <laughs> yeah um, so let's jump we, back. To, we, we don't need your mom saying right now saying we got to give Taylor a, a, a day off here because he's working too hard. Ugh. 
I would I would write a separate email asking you not to listen to that email. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to go down that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so back to your original Al Collins. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. The Bengals have had protection problems this season. <laughs> And that was and where they that, money they spent, right? That's the and money. That they might spent. be their Achilles heel here. Yeah. The more interesting thing to me, I felt like I felt like the situation set everyone back a little bit. For the longest time, you know, I've been saying I've I've never had an ACL tear where I didn't know it on the field or on the sideline or in the locker room. We didn't need the MRI to tell us that it was torn. And I said strongly the Lachman test is reliable, more reliable than the MRI. And now, and teams say, well, we're waiting the MRI and try and hedge. Well, here, I don't know if it was the team that said it, but Kelsey Conway reported right after the game or maybe late in game, we wrote said this is a significant knee injury, at least MCL, hope the ACL is spared, you know, being hopeful. And, uh, she said she got reports that initial exams, which would be the doctors or whatever, seemed positive. I'm assuming her reporting was right. I, I don't know. I don't know who it was off the record official or the whole deal. And then the next day, it turns out he tore his ACL mm-hmm. after the MRI. Look, I know some of the medical staff there at the Bengals. They're really good. So I have nothing negative to say about them. She said um, he told her that he just dislocated his kneecap, but it popped back into place. Said he's moving well and believes he, he'll miss next week's game against the Bills. Who's but this? This is Collins. This was a day ago. Collins said that to Conway. Hmm. <laughs> so dislocated his kneecap. Yeah. And he's going to play? He said believes he'll miss next week's game against the Bills, which he says is likely. And it would be, he said it's not a season ender. And then. Well, where's the report of the ACL tear then? The ACL tear came right after after passing the initial ACL um, on-field <laughs> exam yesterday. So yes, yeah, she I think it might be covering the, like just what she said wrong or something. But yeah, just I don't know. Maybe maybe she got misled by the athlete. I I, I don't know. I mean, right. um, I mean, it's pretty clear to me that they've reported ACL tear. Right. right. So this season is over. It's not in now. Could the the way he was hit could the knee cap have shifted as well? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know. Uh, but I guess my point is between Vaughn Miller and this one, I think people are not believing me when I say you should be able to tell by exam, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The way we, the tweet reads, it says that after passing the initial ACL on field yeah. exam yesterday, that he went the under uh, underwent the MRI and it revealed he tore his ACL and MCL. So he did. So he allegedly passed the on field exam for ACL. So he, he, I don't he know. Passed yeah. exam, he talked to Conway after the game, said something yeah. about his you know, knee slipping out, and then the news came MRI out. said, yeah, it's torn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah. So there's the Vaughn Miller where ACL wasn't torn and surprise at surgery it was t- torn, and now there's this one. Uh, there was one. It year happens before. every year, Doc. It happened to Logan Thomas last year, I remember. Remember they were like, oh, it was just an MCL sprain. And you were like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's closer to an ACL tear. Then the next day they're like, oh, we're fearing ACL tear. And you're like, you know, like you're seeing it first, you know, before them rise sometimes. Look, <laughs> it's just video what I see. Right. The reporting doesn't change my mind. That's why Vaughn Miller reporting his ACL was fine. We never deleted the tweet or changed the story. We said uh, we never said he had an ACL tear. We said by video, it looks like an ACL tear. We right. didn't change anything. 
and as it turns out it it was right and uh i don't know we just do what we do and um you know as long as we're right more than we're wrong especially when we go up against conflicting information we're going to be wrong i mean it's not it's just video but if we can be right more than we're wrong when we're going up against publicly reported stuff we'll take it when there's nothing publicly reported we want to be 95 percent correct but anyways enough of that leo collins too bad not coming back Another offensive line injury that happened yesterday, um, Doc, was Josh Wells for uh, Tampa Bay. They're they're surprisingly still in it, but this is just another issue. This is their swing tackle that's been filling in everywhere, you know, with all the offensive line issues, and now he's out for the year. I mean, I didn't want to zero in on that replay that we showed yesterday, but it was yeah. very clear it was a left patella tendon rupture. Um, and you guys know me. I, I try always to couch things and whatever. I was like, that one – clear as day unfortunately for him he's only on a one-year deal uh yes. be a tough free agency for him i'm not sure he's ready for the start of next season that's a tough injury yeah patella tendon rupture and uh surgery the whole deal and by the way this leads us right into what chase young right. chase young returned to play but chase young in theory had an acl tear and patella tendon rupture right which is why he needed graft tissue from the other knee why he was in a brace on both sides and and uh Apparently, I did a thing with uh, Rich Gannon this morning. He said that he played uh, thirty plays. Yeah, he had two. Ta- he had a tackle and assist. Yeah, each. Yeah, two. Well, two. look, we put up video saying, "Look, kudos, he's playing. He's a great athlete." But there's no way he's dragging his leg around with a big brace. We saw it in the video. He's not 100% Chase Young. Okay, but yeah, good news for him. You know, he uh, he played, but. You know my analogy. Uh, what happened? I thought he was only playing twelve plays. Well, yeah. Well, you, I was you just thinking your, about that when you when you said that. <laughs> you gave your teenager the keys to the car. They were supposed to just go to the mall, watch the movie, and come home at ten p.m. When yeah. they actually come back is a different story. They've yeah. got the keys. <laughs> yep. I mean, once you give the coaches the keys to the players, and you're cleared to be on the field. You know. Game script. We need him. He felt good. All these. I mean, and look, you know me. I, I'm not a wallflower. Um, and but when you're on the sidelines in a game, look, Norv Turner is a good friend. Okay, he's with us in this program here in Sports Injury Center. But when he was head coach, I'm not going up to Norv. Norv, hey, remember what he said? We thought not, not a chance, right? I mean, <laughs> I never even talked – look, the only time I talked to Coach Turner during a game, first of all, he had a headset on. I mean, I could be next to him all game. I never said a word to him unless right. he said something to me. I mean, we can get into that story. There's been occasion where we said something to each other, this, that, the other. But some of it was related to his own personal health. I mean, there's a chain of command. If 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 LT went down or something, I wasn't the one telling Coach Turner or anyone else. It was a chain of command of people who – let the team know and special teams and whatever you, there was a chain of command, the way it worked. And there's no way you're telling a coach during the game. Right. Anything. Uh, you know, I, I guess if it was something where it was vital to their health or concussion later, or they're ruled out. And, but even then you'd tell the player you're out and then the athletic trainer would tell 
the designated person and the designated person like a phone tree would be responsible for telling the position coaches, coordinators, head coaches, there, there's a system and it's not direct to the doctor, to the, to any coach. That's for sure. Right. Um, uh, injury that happened last night, doc. I don't know if you saw the video of uh, Christian Watson. He hurt his hip last night. He mouthed in the video. I guess the hip flexor. I'm, I don't think I'm going back in. Is that what you saw when, according to the video? Well, it's hard to see muscle injury. Uh, I think what I said was it seemed like he was the way he was hit and went down. I didn't see a lot. I wasn't cause, calling him soft. I, it wasn't from the collision. It wasn't from the way he landed. It, I mean, that that was just hurt, not injured. But it's possible he strained his hip flexor, and that's why he can't accelerate off the line and couldn't return. Absolutely. But I didn't see anything major on the video. And I think sometimes for us, what you don't see on the video is as meaningful. I don't see a significant injury there, but of course he could have pulled something. I mean, right. and as he was contorted. And- he heard our sick pick, so I was uh, I was offended by what happened. But no, like you said, he, he we don't we don't know what he was dealing with. It doesn't mean he should have just come back in, right? It hurt it, so you were on the over, not the under. <laughs> of course. <laughs> not just checking. I mean, I don't know. Well, we had all uh, 52 and he had 49 in the first half and I thought we were okay, but then he suffered that injury on the last catch. Yeah, I, I oh, actually, so, so, on the same game. In the first half, he never didn't hit your 52. So I know yes. you want to call that a win. No, I mean. <laughs> and we, we can bring it up. I don't know, I, I mentioned, I saw, I don't know, I remember who, I don't know who tweeted it, but there were talks of, about the way Tool was playing in the second half with his turnovers and stuff like that. People were trying to find an excuse, trying to find a reason of what happened. And they, oh, they somebody on his head somebody found a video head. where where I guess he got hit and hit his head, and they're saying maybe this is part of part of the reason why he had so many turnovers in the second half. But I don't know, I don't know how that works. Like that's that that might be digging. Well, I was at a little Christmas Day family with another family deal, so I was trying to keep one eye on the kids, trying to be social, and of course the guys are trying to watch the game. <sighs> to me. It's not that Tua played so poorly in the second half. It was a tale of two halves, no question. For sure. To me, he t- hit two big shots in the first half, and he didn't get those in the second yeah. half. One was a catch and run, Waddle. The other was, you I could argue, not a perfectly thrown ball to Tyreek that Tyreek went up and got. Right. You know, that's what had them rolling in the first half. Absent that, they wouldn't have been rolling. And and I think it evened out, if anything. Right. So I don't know. There's a, I mean, it's what it is. Yeah. I didn't see anything concussion worthy. No, neither did I in the game. But they, it seems like that they're just kind of grasping for something, some explanation of what happened. And they're like, instead of just it being he just had a bad game, they're like, maybe it was this. And it, it seems like, obviously, two has been a hot spot for you know head injuries the entire season. So they're looking pretty closely. Right. Yeah, well, the, the, don't get in trouble with the NFL, Justin. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not, it's not me. All right, he's only, had, he's only had one concussion. <laughs> yeah, no. Chris Collinsworth corrected himself. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll edit, football. I'll edit this out. The latest yeah, conversation never even happened. He's only officially <laughs> had one concussion, not two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're we, Justin's going to come back, uh, in, you know, in another couple of minutes on the podcast, and this will an issue with official correction because yeah i'm getting a call i think rogers roger roger goodell is on the phone i gotta give him a yeah (laughs) no uh you know i think the biggest issue with with tua is the protection i mean right tackles out left tackles playing but playing hurt and you know 
Uh, I wasn't just watching the game, so I, I don't have the film study of how exactly Toronto Armstead did. But the previous games, he has not been good when he tried to play through. Right. He's getting beat inside because he's not able to push out. Well, because he knows he, he's, he doesn't have the pack yes. on the outside, so he's like his split's a tiny bit wider, and he's uh, – I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a bigger explanation for Tua than anything else. I mean, it's a team game. It's not just Tua. Um, All right, what else we got? We can jump into baseball now. Obviously, the big story is uh, Carlos Correa. Everybody has a problem with his medical, Doc. I would just love if you could look. I would love if you could get it somehow. I just want to. We have our own thoughts, obviously, at sixcore.com. But um, this is the second time now, and they're always trying to figure out back, ankle. Um, what are your thoughts on the ankle? Okay, here's the thing. First of all, remember, no player, free agent is signed or final. No trade is final until the physical is done. The physical's always done after the trade, after the deal's agreed to. And most times there's no issue. So we forget that there's still a contingency. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, for those of you who bought a home, when you agree to a trade, when you agree to a free agent contract, You've entered escrow. And then, you, then what happens? You get a home inspection. Right. And after the home inspection, you say, we're good, and we close escrow, and we fund the thing. Or you get a home inspection, you say, I, I want to back out of the deal. Or I need to renegotiate the price. Or you've got to fix the window or the leak or the termites or what, whatever it is. You know. Right. Same thing here. The physical is the home inspection. So you never close escrow until after the home inspection. Mm -hmm. And the Giants had questions. Now, the question is, were the Giants trying to change the terms of the deal? Were the Giants backing out of the deal? Were the Giants just saying, we'll still do it, but this? I mean, it's like buying a home. I'll still buy your home, but you've got to pay for the tenting of the house for the termites. Or right. I'll still buy your home, but you got to credit me back to fix that leak or something, right? I don't know but what it was with the Giants. But then since the deal's not signed, Boris and, and Correa went to the Mets and said, we'll take that deal. Yeah. And then the Mets did their physical. And I'm sure they discussed what the physical would show. So the question is, what is the, the holdup? It actually, from the outset, makes me much more comfortable that it's the ankle than the back. The ankle's more predictable. Now, in the past, everyone thought back because there was even some tag contract with the Twins. If he misses a certain amount of time, it voids right. because of his bat. The back is more unpredictable and may not have. And how do you see out 12 or 13 years with the back? The ankle was a 2014 fracture. Mm -hmm. And if it really has to do with the plate itself, no big deal. Take the plate out. It's not needed anymore. If it has to do with... Somehow the fracture didn't heal correctly. You can get it to heal correctly in this offseason. The only worry is if there's some arthritis or developing arthritis in the ankle that they don't think he's going to last the whole amount of time. That's where it gets a little iffier. But I don't know. I, I think they'll work it through. I think he'll end up being a Met. The Mets clearly want him. And as I always say, glass half full, half empty depends on on who you are and how thirsty you are, right? I mean, 
and uh, the Mets need players. They want to make a splash, and we'll see what happens. There'll be some news here. But I think that's the hidden stuff for team doctors that people don't see. I think they see on the sidelines. and you run out. To me, I did not get a ton of joy out of going onto the field and saying, hmm, yeah, I'm sorry, I think you're done, and you tore your ACL. I didn't change the outcome. Right. Maybe I provided some – prevented the guy from getting hurt worse, trying to return to the game. Maybe I, you know, gave him some good advice and calmed him a little bit and gave some optimism. But I didn't change anything. To me, I'd rather do something where I could get a guy back more quickly, right? But another big thing for team physicians is – talent evaluation for the draft, who's injured, who's not, and what to expect, or free agent signings like this. This is the stuff that people don't see that yeah. can set teams back and cost them and and uh, and what have you. So what, something I don't know, obviously, baseball, I'm not sure the transactions, but like did the Giants, them not like kind of having a red flag on his physical, was that was that known when he signed with the Mets? Like the Mets knew about that when that happened, no, or did he let's, just let's, transition? Let's, like what's let's, the timeline? Let's, Let's get this clear so we okay. use the right lingo. Yeah. Right. The way it works, you remember Roger Saffold? He agreed with the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and then, oh, there's a shoulder issue. We're not so sure. I mean, you do that before the physical. And then uh, now you may exchange medical records, but that's different than a physical. And then St. Louis took them back. Because yeah. the Rams they had the medicals, they knew they knew it, right? They knew yeah. it. Well, it's an old maid theory. They were responsible for a shoulder anyway, so yes. they were comfortable signing him at one level. Whereas Oakland was investing more money, and they thought they were getting someone healthy. Or you could say they hid behind health and got cold feet. I don't know which one it was, but okay. So the way it works is you agree to contract, and there's a uh, brother. There's a decorum and respect. If you're an agent who agrees to a deal and then someone calls you and then you say, no, I'm not going to that team anymore, your name will be mud in the league. Hmm. All the GMs will hate you and say, I don't want to do business with you. And they'll spread that word around to the other yes. guys. Okay. <clears throat> so Scott Boris and the Giants and Correa agreed to a deal, which gets him to fly for the physical. And the Giants assume the physical would be okay because 95 or 99 times out of 100 it is, or the vast majority of the time it is, you're not surprised. Like, even before I did physicals, I had an idea of what I was going to find. Okay. Right. Okay. And it's rare that you went, oh, shoot, that's totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, uh-oh, we can't sign this guy. There are plenty of times we flew in free agents for Monday free agents where I go, uh, you can sign this kid, but if he's the only one out there, he's risky. I mean, maybe you can find a healthier one, right? Those are the unknowns that are flying in. But the big names, you, you kind of know a little bit ahead of time. So the Scott Boris Correa and the Giants had not signed anything. It literally is maybe a term sheet, email, text messages, verbal. This is what we're going to do. Okay. That's the entering of escrow. But there's nothing signed and sealed and delivered. Because the home inspection the physical, yeah. And then the physical happens, and they go ahead and schedule. I don't know if the physical happened at 8 a.m., at 10 a.m., or the evening before. But the I think the uh, press conference was at 1 p.m. or something. And then right. whatever it was, let's say the physical was done at 9 a.m. 
by 10 a.m., the doctor's talking to the GM. Remember, the doctor has a day job too. The GM talks to the owner, talks to the manager, talks to, you know, this, that, the other. And then like, well, I don't know. Let's talk to Scott Boris. What will he do? Can we put a term in there? Will he do something different? Well, I don't know. I mean, that and all of a sudden it's creeping up upon one. And like, oh, we're putting off the press conference, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not, nothing was signed. And meanwhile, Scott Boris is probably back on the phone with the Mets. This is what it'll take to get it done. They're not wanting to do the deal that I agreed to. You have a second chance, New York Mets. Okay. If you meet me here, we'll come there instead, right? Yeah. And then, so they so they didn't know about the the physical the issues with the physical then at that point whenever they're so they, he's just kind of like over there's a little overlap there when they're communicating. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly possible to say that uh, that you know it's. I mean, it's unlikely the Giants are calling the Mets and saying this is why we didn't right. want him. It's Scott Boris telling the Mets, "Oh, they're hung up on some BS physical issue. <laughs> it's a non-issue. What will you do? Okay. You know, uh, kind of deal. Or well, here's a second chance." You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I have people doing like little like research and stuff like like me, like I could have found the plate and stuff in his leg without doing. Yeah, but the like, plate and stuff in your leg doesn't isn't a concern. OK, right. right. And the, the plate itself, it's what else is going. Right. I mean, so you could find out, but not not I mean, really enough information. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to a team once and they were interested in what I was doing. And they said, well, since you can tell about these injuries, why don't you help us with free agent signings in the draft. I said, no, you're not understanding my point. Right. Your team doctor should do that because they get an exam of the free agent. They examine all the draft eligible players in Indy and, and whatever. That's what I did with the Chargers. I'm way better examining a guy, looking at his MRI, talking to him about his injury to know what his fitness is to be signed than I am from afar doing research and watching video. Right. Yeah. I mean – you don't understand where the value is. If you want me for that, that's a different role. I'm from afar. So you're right, Taylor, you could like do research and we could do what we do from afar and video, but there's no substitute for looking at the MRI, the x-rays and examining. And that's what those doctors get to do. So we don't get to do that. Now, they probably represented to the Mets. It's not a big deal. It's not his back. I promise you. I know you're worried about his back. It's not his back. Okay. Some of his ankle, it's not a big deal. Who knows what Scott Boris said? Yeah, that's what, that's what to me that's the most interesting part is trying to figure out what what his and, agent and, and Carlos Correa are trying to think there. But, but also non doctors talking to non doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Mets look at him and go, "Well, yeah, there kind of is a little bit of a concern." Now it wouldn't surprise me if the Mets doctors called the Giants doctors and said, "What did you find? Give me a clue." There's a brotherhood like that, they will they will talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, no, yeah. I, mean, I, right. get it. I mean, uh, like you, I know you, you I, I try not to betray any confidences, but yeah, no, uh, no. Uh, there were plenty of times when, uh, I might've been tipped off to some of our GM moves because he would ask me, what do you think about this player or that player yeah. and find out what you can. And I'd pick up the phone and, you know, and find out what you can physically. And, yeah, that's understandable, and, right? I mean, that's part of that's just doing your job. Right? The, I mean, the phone legwork. Yeah. yeah, you're just trying to get, just get information. Yeah. But so the Mets must have known something, but they didn't get the hands on exam. They get the hands on exam. Now, what's the concern? 
you know, I don't know. But um, you're right. The Mets look a little bit silly from the right. perspective. You know the other team had an issue, and then you still <laughs> yeah. signed them. Or, oh, like, yeah. They never signed them yet. Right. They just agreed. They opened escrow. Right. So that's they, what they looks weird to the common person who doesn't know all yes. the ins and outs. You yeah. see the years, you see the numbers, and you're like, why would they do that? Because you just you don't know yeah. what, what the timeline the is. Thing. It's really yeah. weird. But the new buyer, yeah. the Mets, get to send their own home inspector. <laughs> they don't necessarily take the home inspection report of the other guy. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So knowing all that, it does kind of well, look... Nothing's it, been signed, Justin. Yeah. It looks no, weird from the Correa side where it's like... <laughs> Oh, oh, they found something. Like, how did he think that was going to play out when you you got something found? Like, they're just maybe another team wouldn't find this issue. Like, I don't. I think I don't it's know like Doc you... said. I think he didn't think anything was going to happen. Like, ninety five percent of the physicals, right? Right. Or, but he just or, heard that it went wrong with one team, and he went run into another team. How well, well, they're going to? Yeah. But you got to say, you know, the agent. I mean, the agent. We talked about Zach Wilson's mom. The agent's like the mom or the dad. That's There's nothing wrong with my kid. They're going to do their best to well, do. My yeah. kid's the best behaved in the world. That his ankle's fine. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with my kid. You okay. can't the tell house me wrong with the my house kid. He's fine. Yeah. And the agent's like the parent. He's representing to the other family. My kid would never hit another kid. He's fine. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or so whatever. We're blaming. We're blaming the agent. I think that's uh, that's where we're at. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's not even blame. It's that's their job. It's, they're doing their you know, job. Yeah. There was something wrong. It's his job to spin it as if it's nothing. That's true. All right. Are I mean, they we talk about the time. It's the coach's job to not necessarily tell the truth about injuries to the public. I mean, we don't hate on a coach when they don't give it straight. So let's let's give Beast of the Week to Carlos Correa's agent for uh, just putting oh, in the work. Bob Boris <laughs> has been doing this for years. Justin. He's putting in the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing this for a long, long time. Oh, he's, he, it's, it's routine. I mean, this is yeah, nothing. This is what he does. It's, yeah. it's, it's routine. And, and he has enough players that, Teams don't want to mess with him either, right? right? He He's a not a one-off guy. We say, yeah. well, we can screw this guy. Oh, no. I mean, you, you don't want to – I mean, just like GMs can give agents a bad name throughout the community, agents can give GMs a bad name, you know, at the, yeah. behind the circles that he wasn't a man of his word. I mean, that's not good for anybody. Well, he has Scherzer, Doc, um, another big contract on the Mets. So Boris has messed with the Mets before. So Boris, yeah, Boris is entwined there. Um, just to go to another sport, um, we do have court views now for basketball. We debuted them on um, Christmas Day. You guys are telling me that this is the start of the NBA season now, even though it started, I guess, in October. Um, <laughs> but we're doing a lot of uh, different um, tools and stuff on the, at sixscore.com, which is nice. Um, a big thing that happened last night in Christmas, um, Devin Booker. He missed three games with a groin injury, played last night only four minutes, left the game, re-aggravated the groin. Do you expect this to be a multi-week thing, Doc? Yes. I haven't seen any video. Now, if you would have told me he came back three games after a groin, I would have said take the under on whatever he's doing. Yeah, his his points are 28 and a half, and a lot of people were mad that they didn't get that back from the books because he only played four minutes. Yeah. Look, my son was mad. Yeah. When we were in New York, that's the jersey he got, Devin Booker. Oh, he interesting. Went, yeah. Okay. We went to the NBA store and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean He's a big name, yeah. He wanted to uh to get uh, uh who's the ball kid that's on Charlotte? Oh Lamello oh, Ball. Lamello? Lamello yeah, ball. Lamello. He wanted to get Lamello ball. It's like Lamello ball. <laughs> He's and fun. Then, He's a fight. He's allocated. Yeah, he's a, yeah. And <laughs> but then he's he smart as a dad to not get that jersey, I would say. 
Yeah, that's fair. No one knows. And, and then jerseys. his next choice was Devin Booker. I was like, okay, I don't know. I mean, like, I respect his taste in NBA players because it, it's easy to say LeBron or like Giannis yeah, or somebody fun, like that's fun players. They're not necessarily the top one. Yeah, no, he's, he's good. I love it's my right. son, but it probably has to do with the color of the uniform more than the player. <laughs> yeah, that's the son's jerseys, pretty cool colors. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Awesome. I certainly hope it, it doesn't have anything to do with the Kardashians. Is he oh. a Kardashian person? He was a, he dated Kylie Jenner for a little bit. Yeah. Mm. I'd say that a lot of NBA players. Yeah, that's pretty good to me, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew that's something. Kendall, I knew there was Kendall, something there. Kendall. Well, you you were on that. Yeah. Kendall Jenner. Sorry. I, got I don't know. I mean <laughs> All right, um, um Justin, do you want to nominate a beast of the week? Yeah, so let's get let's do beast of the week. I, I threw this one out there. I saw it this morning. It's a pretty cool story. The Indiana basketball player, I think his his name is Anthony Leal. Uh, he he paid off his sister's student loan debt using NIL money. So he's getting he's getting money with using NIL, which is really cool. I know obviously it's it's kind of it's hotly debated on on whether that should be a thing or not. But honestly, I feel like it, it's not really hurting anybody. And when you see a video like this, it's a great video. Uh, he he just he get, he writes a nice card. He's there and he's paying off his sister's student loan debt. That's a huge relief for anybody who is obviously has student loan debt, which is a lot of people. Me. That would be that'd be pretty major. That's a life-changing thing, and it's happening. A college basketball player's got enough money to do that. That's pretty sweet. Was that a Christmas present for? Yeah, yep, yeah, Christmas present. Uh, and they, there was video rolling. It was actually pretty, pretty sweet. So that's cool. I, yeah. I like that. I mean, I mean, uh, a lot of times you see the the uh, the pro athlete get mom a house or a oh yeah car. Or this uh, you know yeah that's cool. That's cool. Uh, oh, and by the way, not to go backwards, but did you understand why was Zach Wilson getting grief that he got scooters or something <laughs> or those bikes or something for offensive line? Why was that a controversy? It's just not, it's a know. nice thing. He got yeah. him some stuff because he wasn't the starter necessarily. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. was. So. You can't really knock somebody had for to order it. He probably ordered it when he was the starter. And yeah. instead of yeah. canceling the order, he still gave it to him. Why? Yeah. That's what I mean. He went from darling to like being not liked for does. some reason. Yeah. What's wrong with what he did? I mean, if he was playing know. well, everybody would be like, "Oh, that's an awesome thing." But yeah, just it literally all it is is just it's it's the the it's shifted now, and it's now he's that's what I meant. He was the darling, <laughs> and now he's the heel. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. a weird dynamic there. I, I don't see his confidence is shy. The close ups that that's that should be illegal. The close ups of the guy in the sideline in those games. Yeah, I don't like. He that looks every couple minutes there just seeing him. Like, it's so around. sad to watch, but yeah, he's in a dark spot right now. I'm hoping for the best for him in the future, but I don't think it's going to be with the Jets. So that's the vibe I'm getting. So. But uh, see, that's more- crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your head coach said he got hurt at the worst time possible. He did not have a preseason. So you'd say he didn't have a full fair shot this second season. And then you're going to jettison him? He was the second pick. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know. It's, right. it's a weird, it's weird dynamic. Awesome yeah. Um, two more. They're asking um, more than just his play if they jettison him. For sure. I think you're right. I yeah. think he lost the locker room and he's not a good leader, would be part of that. Yeah. Um, two um, nominations as well, Doc. I saw is um, the holiday travel for the Bills and Bengals, and the other one is Denzel Perriman walking off an injury because the medical cart malfunctioned. Which one's your favorite? Well, the medical cart malfunction did happen to me before. Really, and we talked about it a long time ago on a podcast years uh-huh. ago in Oakland in the Coliseum. Vaughn Parker, a friend of mine, right tackle, injured his ankle. Vaughn's a big boy now. And in Oakland, the old Oakland Coliseum, you had to walk up several fl- fl- couple flights of stairs to get to the locker room. 
even a couple more flights of stairs to get to the x-ray area. So whatever new stadium I went to, I always would check out the x-ray area and figure out the route. I'm like, even though we were near the 50-yard line of the Raider on the Raider sideline, and that's where the tunnel was. Both teams' tunnel were behind the Raiders' bench. I'm like, we're not VP. We're not getting you up these three flights of stairs. We need the cart on this one. And so the cart comes, picks us up. We drive around the you know sideline around the end zone to the other side behind the Charger 50-yard line to go up a tunnel. We're halfway up the tunnel, and the cart stalls out. I'm like, what gives? The guy goes, it's out of juice. Oh, man. <laughs> so we're sitting halfway up the ramp. It's out of juice. I'm like, I'm looking at it. It's just Vaughn and I and this guy. And uh, he goes, hang on. The guy runs down, runs down. I'm going to get another cart. <laughs> so he brings another cart, brings it to us. We move on over. And then you know how we have to get there? We have to drive outside the stadium to get to the x-ray area. Really? So we're in Oakland Alameda Coliseum driving through the sidewalk around the stadium. I'm in Chargers gear. He's in full (laughs) Charger uniform. And we're driving through Raiders tailgaters that never could afford a ticket. Oh, my gosh. To play in the game, to get into the game. Doc, I know you've been to more stadiums than me, but I've been to that stadium. It's the worst stadium I've ever been in by a lot. (laughs) Any any sport. (laughs) Literally, it was... It's I was bad. like, what is going on here? This is the NFL. And, and yeah. by the way, Vaughn was the PA player rep at the time. Okay. But anyways, I was like, he's in full uniform. I'm in charge. We're driving through the parking lot. I mean, if I was a fan going to the game, I wouldn't wear Charger gear, you know? And we're driving yeah. through. Nobody did anything. It's fine. And then we get stuck. There's a big crowd. I was like, what's going on? And it's a bunch of security guys, like private security, like stadium, you know, whatever. Right. And he's honking. And they're not moving. I'm like, what is going on here? We got security. They're not moving. No, because there were security that were pregame and whatever. They're released at halftime. They're trying to get their paycheck and turn in their jacket. Yeah. And they weren't moving out of line. We had to be, excuse me, pardon me, get the cart through there and whatever. So I feel for Denzel Perriman. It's it's all fine. As far as travel goes, did you see that video? Yeah. I want to know who the Buffalo Bill was that drove with 10 feet of snow on top of his car like that. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you that. Okay, remember, they had to leave early because of the snow. Yeah, because they yeah. yep. They've got a big indoor practice. Like, they could park their cars inside. And and now I could see this. Anyone who was anyone was with the team on the trip. So there's nobody there to say, hey, we better hire some guys to shovel the snow. <laughs> they get, let, let, let the guys get out of here when they come home. And remember, they were delayed. They had to stay the extra night in Chicago, uh-huh. then fly to Rochester, and then drive or bus. And then they get to their cars and they're buried in snow. That, that's just that's not they're, good. They're different. Those Bills Mafia fans. <laughs> they don't. They don't care. Rainers. I saw one. Someone post a video. But, you know, honestly, all the all they would have to do is say, "Look, Bills Mafia." The players' cars are parked here. Let's have a hundred volunteers and shovel them out. They'll all do it. They'll all do it. Yes. They'll all do it. They're all they're all great. I remember one time though, we came back from this getting off the thing here. We're coming back from a preseason game in St. Louis. And we're about to leave. 
And they say, oh, it's uh, mechanical, like the Bengals had a mechanical thing. We're waiting at the gate. We're waiting at the gate. And then we end up changing planes. They got to fly another plane. And then we're about to land. We're flying back to San Diego. And they go, you can't land in San Diego uh, uh, because it's too late. We curfew. Mm-hmm. Then they said, okay, we're going to land in Coronado at the military base, which we've done on occasion. And they said, no, there's too much fog. We're diverting to LA. So we, we're going to land in LA now at two something in the morning, 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday night, really Sunday morning, I guess, preseason okay. game. And we're on the plane and I'm like, this is not going to do well. <laughs> They're like, why? I go, they go, they go it's going to suck. We're going to have to then bus down from L.A. to San Diego. So it's another two plus hours. I said, no, the saga is not over. They're like, why? I said, where are you going to find five buses <laughs> at 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday with five bus drivers? It's not like a taxi cab. We just call them and they're there. I said, we're going to land in L.A. and we're going to wait two hours for those buses in San Diego to drive to L.A. to come get us. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that was what happened. Mm. And I, I, let me tell you, there were players getting into taxi cabs. They take me to San Diego. There were players renting cars. And Ted Leitner was a broadcaster at the local CBS affiliate. And he was on the back of the plane with us. He overheard me saying this. And he said, he said, uh, we got off the plane. He goes, thank you. I said, I overheard you. So I, this is back in the day when you had to put your credit card in to use the cell phone on the, pl- oh, on man. the plane kind of deal. He goes, I ordered a limo. Oh. And he said, you can come with me if you want, you know, because he heard your, your he heard idea. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, well, maybe I got to stay in pretty much everyone was scattering. So our head of like trainers, you can go. I, I mean, I'm going to stay and wait for the buses because it's my job. But everyone was, it was just run amok. And so people were asking where I was going. And I told some people. So they went and asked Ted and we jammed a lot of people into that limo. <laughs> and, and, and literally I slept um, sitting up because we were all jammed in so tightly. <laughs> I remember to my left was Roman Fortin, huge guy, center. Uh, mm-hmm. and like literally just, we all just slept. <laughs> got in at like six in the morning and the rest of the team, very few players took the bus. They got in like at nine in the morning. <laughs> but at least we made it anyways. So everybody can be a beast here. I'll give the beast of the week to you guys for working on boxing day, no (laughs) vacations, our crews, whatever. So Taylor, Justin, you guys can be beast of the week. Oh man. It's an honor. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, I guess we're not shocked, Justin. Uh, It's probably our longest podcast ever. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, we're just riffing. I mean, there's obviously some fun stuff in here. Uh, but no, if you're, you're listening at this point, obviously we, we appreciate you. Feel free to subscribe uh, wherever you're listening, if it's Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. And uh, and yeah, we'll do this again uh, next week. And I can't even blame Taylor. I think I was long-winded today. No, it was definitely you. It was you this week. But no, you had some good stories, so it's good. <laughs> it's definitely me. Okay, I prod right. you. I prodded out of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. Uh, hope, hope Santa was good to everybody. And... Uh, Week 17, some big games. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.